The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast Round 1 Recap of the Wyndham Championship and tonight I'm joined as always on Thursdays by Mark Immelman. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Greg. Um, it's amazing what just a few days and a few thousand miles will do for the temperature. Like last week in San Francisco, it felt like heaven, even though it was cold out there. And this week in Greensboro, man, we cooked out there this afternoon. Um, but it's good. it's good to be back on the East Coast and good to be on a regular time with you guys. Yeah, it's good to have you here. We can get this. Uh, we we can get this. Now we're going to keep it moving tonight. We're looking. Uh, you know, not. And this isn't going to drag on for too long because I know you got a a bottle of wine waiting there, Mark. And it's almost. You know, it's only around dinner time tonight. So uh, we're we're back to back to normal. All right, shoot. Let's All right. Get so l- let's get right to it. We had uh, a couple of great rounds out there today. There were three rounds of 62, which are now uh, leading. At, now, the first round play has been suspended as we're recording now um, due to a little bit of weather there. But we had three rounds of 62. Two of them came in the same group, Tom Hoagie and Roger Sloan. Uh, what a group that was. Mark, when you watch that round today, we'll just start with kind of the group as a pair. Well, what did you make of those two guys playing some – great golf together well ordinarily you'll see the low scores in the morning and then in the afternoon things kind of peter out a little bit but these two guys played in the afternoon the other 62 harold varner was in the morning and ordinarily in the mornings you have better greens and you have softer conditions and and then in the afternoon you'll you'll get the sun sort of baking on greens and stuff gets more crusty but you know, we were fortunate to have some cloud cover. It was humid out, which kept some moisture in the greens the entire day. So greens were, were uh, just spectacular the, spectacular the entire day. Uh, golf course played sort of easy. There was no wind to speak of in the afternoon. So if you were putting balls in the fairway, you could play some golf. Um, I thought some of the hole locations were, were, were difficult to get to. But those were sort of mitigated some by softer conditions. And so the golf course didn't have its full set of teeth as we kind of expected so. But to get two guys shooting 62 in the same group in the afternoon, I mean, that's one of those things that I'd be a betting man against. Yeah, we really did have a, a 59 watch too. Tom Hoagie, had, he had to birdie the last two holes uh, to get in with that that number 59 so it was it was very interesting to watch as he went through his round uh what do you make of tom specifically in his game i mean he's a lovely iron player i've been watching him the pga tour rookie so far this year and he's been a guy that has kind of gotten into my dark horses quite often he, he was playing some great golf um before the shutdown and he seems to be rounding back into form what impressed you about him well he hits the heck out of the thing uh, he's really athletic he's a big strong boy hits the ball hard um, he's got a lot of control and he played golf in in uh, at TCU in Fort Worth so 
you know he can deal with winds and adverse conditions and firm conditions and 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 your observation is well founded because he said to us after the day he goes you know before the lockdown i was playing some solid golf you had a runner up at greenbrier fifth at the farmer's insurance and so playing good and then the lockdown after that he hadn't come back so well but it looked to me like things were sort of gaining some traction. He played okay there at 3M and last week made the cut at the PGA. So coming in, yeah, you almost feel like you're freewheeling. And he's done enough to, to secure a playoff bid. He didn't have any concerns there. So the Wyndham's the kind of place where you can get to attacking. And he did that in the afternoon. He's a quality iron player. And, and he gave himself, I mean, he was torrid earlier in the round of golf. And then it was unfortunate to finish with a bogey because to your point, he had, a, he had about 15 feet for birdie on 17 to get to 10 under. And this course is a past 70, so you needed to birdie the last and then bogey at 18. So still, it's a good day. 62 is a heck of a start. And, and, and yeah. he's there. I, I can't see him going away over the next few days. That's for certain. Yeah, you know, if you look at our, our statistical model that I know you like so much, Mark, uh, he gained 6.8 shots, strokes gained tee to green this week, which was just phenomenal. He led the field, uh, at least has so far up to this point, which was just great play. Uh, the, his playing partner, Roger Sloan, who did it in a little bit of a different way. He did not bogey the 18th, but he had to bogey uh, birdie rather 16 and 17 to get to eight under par uh, and shoot that that really good round of 62 as well, right alongside Tom Hoagie. And he did it a little bit of a different way. He he got it going on the greens. He led the field on the greens um, with strokes game putting. He gained 6.1 shots on the greens today, which was just some – I mean, he rolled in some beautiful putts, which was really fun to watch. Uh, what did you make of his round? What impressed you? Is this kind of a model sustainable heading through, through the rest of the week? <laughs> well, this is where I differ with you guys because I think that a, can, a guy can continue to make putts for the week now. Is he going to hold over 150 feet of putts over the next few days per day? Maybe not. But, you know, the truth is – and uh, and we were talking about this for the PGA. All you've got to do is make putts inside of eight feet, really, and start to make those when the pressure is mounted. So I'm keen to see how it pans out. The good thing he's got going on for him is that, you know, with the COVID rules, he's not going to lose a card or have to go back to Corn Ferry Tour. You know, these guys remain exempt for next year. So essentially, he's just free swinging and kind of and trying to get into the playoffs. And what a grandiose goal because there's bonuses and stuff in there. So so he's got a beautiful swing, hits the ball nice, obviously took advantage on these perfect greens today. And uh, I'm surprised really looking at him from afar that he hasn't played better, more consistently. But who knows? I mean, this might be the first time. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. So he did yeah. hit 15 of 18 greens today, uh, which was which was really nice. I mean, it, it was a solid round tee to green as well. He was uh, only 53rd tee to green, but he did gain one point, nearly one one and a half shots uh, approaching the greens. Which to me, I mean, that's a that's a big asset. So you got to make sure you're hitting greens out there to give yourself these birdie putts. And if you can make uh, 186 feet of putts as he did today, again then you're going to be in really good shape. Uh, Harold Varner, the third, has been a popular player this year. He's really been playing some uh, some great golf, maybe not the past couple of weeks, but he's having a really nice restart to the season. He was the first one in with 62 today, and it kind of looked like, well, Harold Varner's going to have a nice lead because nobody in the afternoon is going to go shoot 62. Um, mm-hmm. What impressed you about Harold Varner today, uh, and what has impressed you about him this season? 
Well, I, I, I'm going to go to the season because, you know, he was critiqued maybe a little bit um, for spilling what was the lead at the Charles Schwab Challenge. The first event back, he was he shot 63 and 66 and was in grand shape and sort of cruising going into the weekend. And it was going to be an incredible story because this corresponded with the George, George Floyd stuff and, and Harold being the young professional he was. He stood up and he, was, he answered to a, a few statements that he made. And to me, he showed just a lot of professional poise through some challenging times there. And then over the weekend, didn't play very well. And, and then he started to feel the, question, feel the questions where it's like, all right, Harold, you get into contention. When are you going to uh, sort of finish one off? And he's played well since. But every time he said to folks, he goes, look, every time I go out, I learn something. Every time I go out, I feel like I'm getting better. And it's close. He said, he said it to us before the event this week. He's like, my game is trending and I feel good about where things are right now. And, and, and when a player starts saying that, it's not smoke and mirrors. So when a player says, well, I'm close, then you've got to look for something to happen. And, and then I think the catalyst might have just been that he's in a happy hunting ground. He's, he's from just down the road in Gastonia, close to Charlotte. So, you know, maybe this was just what Harold Varner needed. It's just a question now of him sort of getting past 62, doing something good tomorrow afternoon, and then, you know, doing what he sh- is able to and should do over the weekend. Yeah, you make some great points there. He really has handled himself with great poise uh, throughout. Well, he really has for his entire career. No matter what has been thrown at him, he handles himself with uh, amazing poise. And he has a great attitude, which is my favorite thing about him. He doesn't seem to be uh, – you know, hurt by near losses. He, he, he has the attitude of either win or you learn, which I love. And, and that's what you see. So I, I, I'm really impressed with him. Hey, quickly, a little insider stuff here, right? Every year we have a standing bet. He's a big Carolina, Carolina Panthers fan and I'm a Falcons fan, as you know. Yes. And we have dinner every year. Well, Falcons pipped those boys 2-0 last year. Harold Varner still hasn't paid. Oh. I'm like, come on, cuz, we're going to do dinner. And he goes, oh, sorry, man. I'm like, so how about we let it ride on this season? So uh, Harold and I are playing for we, – we, we've got two dinners on the line for the football season if it happens. I like it. It's, a, it's kind of a double or nothing. Hopefully you just go split the bill and the, if the nothing happens. Um, but, man, he is so impressive. And he played a great round today, Mark, just to kind of highlight some of these things. He was 10th off the tee. He was 9th approach the green. He was – 17th around the green and 10th putting. So very well-rounded in his game. And when I look at these three guys at the top, uh, I, look at, I look at three players who are kind of a little bit different. Hoagie did it all tee to green. Uh, of course, he makes some putts to shoot 62. But Roger Sloan does it uh, all on the greens. I mean, he gains nearly you know, over, over six shots putting. And then Harold Varner is the well-rounded player. So you kind of have a nice uh, balance between the three. I know looking into tomorrow, Tom Hoagie's the guy I'm definitely looking at. And Harold Varner, I'm watching, and I'm going to start making my kind of uh, my points about Harold as the weekend goes on because we know how talented he is, and we're just looking to see what he can do over the weekend. But uh, a couple of other really big name players that were in the field who played well, uh, and I and ironically, well, you may find it ironic, I don't know, but um, if you notice my best bet for the week, it was either a Webb Simpson or a Patrick Reed victory. Well, both of them played pretty well today. Patrick Reed was five under, bogey-free, 65. Webb Simpson shot four under, 66, which is no surprise, but he did make a double early on in his round. He was two over uh, on his first nine holes. What did you make of these two players today, and what do you think of their chances heading forward into the weekend? 
Well, I, I guess I'm best equipped to comment on Reed because I was out with his group this afternoon and, and it was the kind of day where he didn't really blow your hair back. But all of a sudden you look at the scorecard and he's four or four, five under. And it was a very poised round of golf. He, he drove the ball to me very well. And that wasn't just strokes gained off the tee, okay, to, to sort of talk your guy's language. Yeah. Well, he hit a lot of fairways too, yeah, right? Here's the thing. At Donald Ross Place, it asks you to hit quality irons to some of these tight targets with a lot of, lots of undulations. And if you put the ball in a certain avenue in the fairway, it accesses certain hole locations. And every time I turned around, Patrick Reed was coming from the correct angle for the hole location. So clearly there's some control there happening in the golf swing to set up some of these, these, these shots because five under, uh, bogey free, I feel like he left some out there and he's, he cuts a pretty daunting figure because tomorrow he's out early and he could build on this and, and sort of get to double digits, I think, in a hurry. So, so looking ominous around a place where he's had success. And then to that, um, Webb Simpson, I mean, I'm not surprised he shot four under or whatever it was. Um, I was sort of surprised he lost a golf ball early. But that being said, the rough is punitive. And if you're not paying attention, you know, I nearly stepped on someone's golf ball today because it's really lush and, and difficult in spots. But, but Webb is just so comfortable around here and just rolls the ball so well on these greens. Um, I, I think four under is kind of par for him. So maybe he'll be feeling like, hold on, I left some out there and it's time to get busy on Friday afternoon. Yeah, Webb got into a mode where he was chasing, right? He, on, his, on his fourth hole of the day, he makes a double, and then he basically just goes on kind of a tear. He, he makes a par on 14. He started on the second nine. 15, 16, and 18, he makes birdie. So he turns still at one under par. This is what Webb does. He, he, just, he makes birdies. He just continues to make birdies. Adds uh, three additional birdies on two, three, and five. It was just uh, extremely impressive from Webb. And I mean, not to be surprised if Webb went out and shot bogey free 66 tomorrow, I, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Patrick Reed is very interesting to me because as you kind of alluded to Mark, it was a very easy round. There wasn't a lot of stress. And, and I think the function you mentioned of hitting the ball on the proper side of the fairways, he left himself easy shots. And so he ends up hitting 15 greens and it's not a stressful round. And when Patrick Reed plays stress-free golf, watch out because he can, he can fill it up in a hurry. And, and he is one of those players for me, Mark. Uh, and I know you feel this way about a lot of guys, but I don't look too deep into statistics with Patrick Reed. No, I look at more his style, where how you know how he's hitting it, where he's hitting it, and what's the what's the pressure he's putting on areas of his game. Well, I you know he's the ultimate fifteenth club guy. You know the that space yeah. between his ears. You know he plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder at times, and he's got a whole bunch of gumption and grit, and 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 you mix grit with talent, and you mix grit with just pure unadulterated desire. I think it's, you got the makings of a really nice recipe. And so, I mean, he's got that stuff in buckets. Yeah, no doubt. It's awesome to watch. A uh, couple of other big names in the field, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose. We're going to talk about all of those players and we're going to get your picks, Mark. I can't wait for that. But first, let's take a break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating 
workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Uh, all right, Mark, let's talk about some of these uh, guys that are maybe, unfortunately, more towards the bottom of the leaderboard than they are towards the top. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is a player who is making his sixth consecutive start. Uh, he's clearly looking for something in his game. At least that's my interpretation. For, for a guy like Brooks to play this many weeks in a row, it means he, he's, really, he's really trying to work on something. He's trying to get reps in there. What did you make of his two over par round today? Um, and what do you think of Brooks going forward into the playoffs? Uh, well, this is where I wish Kyle Porter was on this podcast because I'm, I'm hearing all the time that strokes gained off the tee is the most important metric there is. Brooks was sound off the tee today. He gained strokes in the field. Iron game was solid. Uh, but, you know, 154th in the field putting. <laughs> I think there's only 154 players in the field, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so to be worst on the greens on these greens, which are just immaculate, I mean, that's, that's incomprehensible, really. Do you think that has to do with his new, you know, having a new putting coach and basically reworking his entire stroke? I think it's green reading. Um, you know, everyone will will blame putting, but you can't putt well if you're reading greens badly. And the one thing about this place, and this is why Webb Simpson does well, and you'll see the usual suspects because they read these greens well. They, they can figure out the, the the marriage between grain and break, and they can figure out the speed so they, they, their reads are sound. So I think it could be more of a, a green reading thing. Now, again, Open yeah. disclosure. I didn't see much of his round this morning. I watched a little on PGA Tour Live. But, you know, the, the numbers are abysmal on the greens. But he yeah. did put well the last couple of weeks leading in here. The one event in Memphis on the same grass, Bermuda, and then the following week in San Francisco on sort of bent with a little bit of Poe anyway in there. So I don't know if it's the stroke. I think it's the reading. And then also – you know, six weeks straight is hectic. Now, I don't know if he's looking for something. He did say to us a few weeks ago that Eastlake and the top 30 for the Tour Championship is how he sort of gauges his season. And uh, there, there's a concerted push to making it into uh, Eastlake. But right right now, he's going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat if he wants that to happen. 
Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't really see that happening. And as he says, he's a little bit tired, and he'll probably also say hey, it's just golf. Maybe he gets a weekend off this weekend, which I, I actually think for Brooks Kepka missing the cut this weekend would be a good thing because it would allow him a chance to rest, and he could make a push at the Northern Trust and at the BMW and try to get himself into Eastlake, which you can do in the, both those events. But you're going to have to be sharp. The best are going to be back. So, two things: quadruple quadruple points in the playoffs. All right. Yep. Yep. And then the week, you know, he threatened. He had a, ch- a shot to win the World Golf Championships event in Memphis. He missed the cut at 3 a.m. the week prior, and he, he 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 conceded. He's like, missing that cut gave me time to work with Pete Cowan. We ironed out a few things in the golf swing, you know, and eaten up the putting stroke, and the rest was history. So perhaps, you know, getting the weekend off, if indeed he does, that might be another omen. You know, anything's yeah. possible, yeah. guys, but, but, but the, the odds are stacked against him right now. And if his game is in good form, I look at TPC Boston where they're going for the Northern Trust, and that's a Brooks Kepka kind of course. I, I think he could really perform well there. Um, so I look forward to seeing what happens with Brooks. I do have some concerns in the immediate about, his, about the new putting stroke personally. I think it affects his green reading, uh, but I think that may be a story for a different day. Um, but Jordan Spieth, another player who is clearly working on things. Mark, I'm sure you saw the videos on social media about Jordan spending all that time over the golf ball. Do you have something? Is there a, is there a way to debunk this? Is this not as bad as it looks? Or is Jordan really searching for something? Uh, he's really searching. They have been really searching for a while. Um, I, I don't know enough to say that they are trying different things, but just watching from afar and watching the activity on the range, and there's a lot of video camera time, and, and there's a lot of hands-on instruction from Cameron McCormick where he's sort of guiding Jordan into spots. That tells me that you know there's wholesale construction on the go. Do you and, see that going on with any other players out there, or is that – Does it stick out with Jordan because it's not really happening with anybody else? What sticks out with Jordan because he's noticeable, uh, because looking. But no, you don't. I mean, here at this level, the instructional work is concept-based. Like you'll explain something to a player and they understand the concept and they understand the cause and effect of it. And then there might be a drill that they work with or there might be a pre-shot routine or some sort of thing that, that gets them a feel of it but it's very, very infrequent that you have to engineer and sort of guide a guy into a position. And, and so it, it's, it speaks to me of, of doubt, and doubt to me is a huge swing record. So, so Jordan, there's glimpses. I mean, you can see there's times, but I always grade a, a golfer by how good they are when they're bad. And his bad shot is just it's debilitating right now. Yeah, it really, I mean, it just continues to put him in really bad spots. He takes a ton of penalty shots. Um, and and he, as a result, he makes a lot of big numbers. He makes a lot of sixes on the scorecard. You know, today on, on the par 5 15th, um, which was on his first nine, he really had to scramble just to save par. I mean, he hit it into a creek, then he lays up uh, to 64 yards, hits it to 10 feet, and makes the putt. And it's just, it, it's not a sustainable model, even though he shoots even and he beats Brooks Kepka, and there are some good things about it. You, you, can't li- you, you can't live like this on the PGA Tour. It's far too stressful. Well, isn't that crazy? Because now I'm looking through the numbers and he gained uh, a, just a, a small amount off the tee. He lost strokes on approach a little bit, but he was still sort of halfway in the field. And then around the greens, he wasn't as sound as he normally is. And he was 100th in putting. And everyone will look at this and go, well, he putted badly today. 
but that, that, that's just that's just not the case. It's just that, yeah. like you say, you're playing all for you're playing from all over the park, and then there's so much pressure being put on the putter that uh, it's likely to, to to come up short once in a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're 100% spot on. The game has so much pressure everywhere. And I think it ironically starts off the tee, which is the one area where he actually um, gained slightly, even though he was 92nd, he gained, uh, you know, two tenths of a shot on the field. So anyway, um, Justin Rose, another big name who's clearly struggling tee to green. Yes, the PGA Championship was a really nice finish for him, um, but he did it kind of like the way he did it at the U.S. Open last year at Pebble Beach. What's going on with Justin Rose's swing, and what's leading to this, uh, you know, this really – I mean, he, the guy can't – he's not hitting fairways and greens, right? He hit 7 of 18 – this is Justin Rose, okay? Justin Rose, one of the best ball strikers of this past decade – and he had, he's hitting seven of 18 greens and six of 14 fairways at the Wyndham Championship. What's going on with Justin Rose? Well, I might blow your mind by sharing the following nugget with you. Um, when I was out in the golf course doing some research yesterday, uh, Justin was out there with his um, short game coach, whoever it is, and he's, he's, he's stats coach, strategic guy, and Gareth Lord, his caddy, and they just had wedges and a putter in their hand. And they would walk to the tee, have a look at the line, confirm some yardages, then not hit shots and go to the green and just practice around the greens. Now, I don't know if that was energy conservation because it is hot and sticky out here, or if it's that they've identified that this is where things aren't as sharp. Because when I looked through the, the statistics after this, yes, I went to statistics, um, newsflash, um, <laughs> the, the, the strokes gain around the green stuff was low. And yeah, I know the golf swing, he's left Sean Foley and he's trying to be creative and be his own golfer right now. Um, statistically, it was it was a miss around the greens and on the greens compared to previous seasons. So the focus was there. So uh, they obviously worked on that area. They just need to iron out some some ball striking stuff now. Yeah, you'd imagine that he could do it, but it's kind of been plaguing him for the past couple of years, which is very interesting. But as we always do here on the first cut, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow. Um, when, when you look at this leaderboard right now, who are some of the guys you're interested in playing uh, for tomorrow? And who are some guys that you're thinking, I, I got to fade this guy for tomorrow? Hold on. Let me look at the leaderboard real fast over here. So I'll, I'll give you my guy first, my number one play for tomorrow. And he impressed me so much, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, and that was, that was Harris English. Harris yeah. English is a guy that over the past couple of weeks, I've been seeing a lot of his numbers. I've been watching him on the tracker a lot, watching the yellow line golf, as you know, on Harris English because he's had my interest and he's performed well. But today I really got a chance to watch him play. And that swing looks as good as it ever has. Um, so I, I think Harris English is really in great form. He led the field approaching the green today uh, from, you know, looking at the statistics there. And it was just really, really sound. And I look at a Harris English and I think this guy's on the brink of winning a golf tournament. And I think he's going to put up another great round tomorrow. You know, he's the name that jumped out of the guys at the top of the leaderboard too, that, that I'd be very interested in seeing um, along those lines too. I, um, the, I had Paul Casey today who looked lethargic at times. He looked unbeatable at times. And it was a funny sort of a day where he shot three under. And at one, st at one stage, you thought he'd, he'd shoot nothing and shoot the grass off the place. And the next stage, you figure, well, he's, he's going to spill this round and ruin it. So I've got my eye on Casey too because he's, he entered this tournament late. 
you know, because he thought he was going to need to do something special to get in the top 30. Then he finished his runner-up last week at the PGA. But he honored his commitment to Mark Brazel and the tournament over here for giving him uh, an invitation to get in or allowing him at whatever the, the ramifications were. And uh, he'll be out early tomorrow morning. He and Garcia both. Now, Sergio needs to go, all right? And I'm not sure whether to fade him or not, but he looked good on the greens this morning, he, uh, this afternoon. He's always a great ball striker. So, so, so I'm sort of got my eye on those three guys tomorrow. In terms of fading anyone, I, I'm, I'm really not that sure. Um, like I said, being out on the course, I haven't really got to pay attention to, to, to much of the golf. To, yeah, to the field as a whole. Yeah. Um, but you do a great job with that group. And I got to watch you with that Paul Casey group. Sergio, to me, is a little bit concerning. Uh, the iron play doesn't seem to be as sharp as it has been in the past, but he dri- he just drives it so good. I, yeah. I love watching him hit drivers. So one of my favorite players to watch for sure. Uh, I, I think the fade for tomorrow is rather obvious, and it's Roger Sloan would be the guy that the model would say to fade. Now, I'm not saying you fade him for the remainder of the tournament, but tomorrow it's likely that there's a downtick there. So I definitely like that. Another guy that I have my eye on uh, on the positive side is Taylor Gooch, who has been playing some great golf, and he's not quite complete with his round yet as we're speaking now. Uh, that round will resume tomorrow morning. He's through 16 holes. He's five under par. Uh, had a great day off the tee, uh, which was very good with his iron play as well, and just kind of average uh, on and around the greens. And I think Taylor Gooch could really pop off and play a great round. Well, you know, you make a good point about those guys that shot 62. Um, you know, the cliche goes that it's hard to follow up a really low round with another one. Yeah. Um, because you know, the, I, I believe the low round is the outlier anyway. So, so you figure tomorrow these guys, if they play solid, they'll shoot 68 or so. But, but I'm with you. That's a good call on Sloan. You know, just because there's a lot to play for now and he shot 62 and you're back in the hotel going, mm-hmm. you know, one yeah. round down in position, what's going to happen tomorrow? And he hasn't been in contention that much. Now, it's, right. only, Friday. it's only Friday tomorrow, but I think – you know, Sloan perhaps not back, backing it up as well as what he'd like. Would, would that be a good call? Yeah, and, I, I, and then again, over over four rounds, these things will average out. But definitely some things to watch for. So, uh, the, Mark, uh, any final any final words for us before we head into round two? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, this is one of the great events on the PGA Tour. It's it's the the Donald Ross Golf Course. I mean, it's the longest standing Donald Ross course that's used on the PGA Tour. Um, it's it's just a gem, and and even playing soft and receptive, uh, there's so much nuance to the thing. And and I said early that you'd have to put the ball in play off the tee. Well, that is proving even more even more uh, appropriate as I looked through this round today, because there were situations where someone strong, like a Paul Casey, couldn't advance the ball in you know, 150 yards out of the rough. So I think as we go through the event, you're going to see guys who put the ball in play off the tee start to certainly have the upper hand on stuff definitely something to watch for mark great job out there keep it up for the rest of the week i'm greg ducharme you can get me on twitter at the real gfd that's mark immelman you can follow him on not only the broadcast but on twitter at mark underscore immelman uh and and that's it for the first cut podcast make sure you give us a listen tomorrow as we'll be covering the rest of the action throughout the week
Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.